everybody. Welcome to episode 83 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson. Ooh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. It's informative. Informative. Welcome to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. If this mm-hmm. is your first time, welcome. And it's about time. Jeez. What have you been waiting for? We have a whole catalog for you to, to, to download and listen to in your commute or while you're working. We talk with some interesting guests. We do a lot of funny things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Funny to us, but probably not other people. Because mm-hmm. um, we're zany. <laughs> we're zany. So um, we, we had... It happened. Oh, dear. It Did happened. I break wind? <laughs> no, Aunt Bethany. <laughs> it's your house on fire, Clark. Um, <laughs> so... We quote that movie way too much. Yeah. Um, what? We, we were finished with the screener. Yeah. We didn't actually have the screener because... Weather. Mother Nature is a summon a bitch. So way too many people coming from far and just can this one get home and safely mm-hmm. with this and so far and trains. And so we were like, all right, let's not kill our cast and crew. I mean, whatever. If they want to risk life and limb to come see us... And see our film, then I'm all for it. So, um, yeah, so that happened, which is which is a bummer. Go ahead. You're going to sneeze? No. I don't know what you're talking about. No? No, mm, I'm good. It's weird. Just minor convulsion you had there. Yep. Um, yeah, didn't work out the way we wanted, which is right on the money, pretty much. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about par for the course for, with I us. I made a plan, and uh, nothing about it came to fruition. So, yep. Yep. yeah, pretty good. Doing good. Um, so we haven't, we, we've only heard from just a few of the, well, like, we sent out links to everybody. Yeah, we sent out links to all our backers and, uh, just a couple other people that were kind of like close inside and, mm-hmm. um, w- wanted to see it. And, and the so inner circle. they, they all got the links. I'd say we probably sent it out to 30 people close to th- 25, many, 30 huh? people. And we've, we've only heard back from like four. Right. So it's still, you know. It's It'll a long like, movie, so most people will probably watch it tonight or tomorrow night. It's not long. It's 30 minutes. I mean. Well, I mean, for a short. It's not like something you could just sit there and watch. So, uh, you know, we'll... In between something. We'll let you know how that's going as it progresses. I'm already getting questions about stuff I was hoping there wouldn't be questions mm. about. Clarifications. So... About the film, yeah. I, uh... Yeah. Well, we I'm anticipated really partially this. nervous about that. Well, we anticipated this a bit. I'm not... I feel strongly that the film is 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 a thinker, you know? Um, you have to kind of pay attention, and I don't think a lot of people want to pay attention to well, movies anymore. what happens... And the not reason, to say that the people that have, have watched it don't. I'm just saying that that's common. What happens is the reason why I don't like... Not that I don't like friends and family watching the film, but the reason why I don't really base anything on it is because the film people in our life can they they sort of get the process more but the non-film friends they mm-hmm. just find it cool that we make films well yeah and there's always a, oh my god you guys that's so cool a lot of people respond to they don't care what the movie's about uh they don't care how long it took to make that none mm-hmm. of that stuff is interesting which is kind of like how most people that aren't in the business you know they just want to sit and be entertained and that's it yeah they don't really think about the you know the, the whole the back end of all that mm-hmm. um and so there's and i don't mean that with conceit that like oh they just find that we're just cool because we made a movie that's just how it is you know it's like when your grandma's well, no, like exactly. you made a movie oh yeah. my goodness you know and they just and grandma just doesn't even care what the movie's about Little Sashia made a she's, movie. she's just excited that you made something and yeah. so it that that uh it's it's hard to base anything off of those reactions because what i was noticing was like oh my god this was great loved it so great and then i was like i'm actually going to test these waters and i started going to you know uh responding to those people individually pop and, quiz hot shot yeah, and saying okay so can you tell me what the movie was about and there was a unanimous no. <laughs> well, okay, so I have a question, and it was almost always the same question. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, which not that you can't enjoy a movie that you don't particularly understand, but I, I don't think that oh, and we'll get people to that. went into the movie like actually paying attention to the movie. They were just watching the movie. Right. There's a difference between like yep. watching a movie and then paying attention to like that. Like you can movie. listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. <laughs> 
So I think that's kind of what happens a lot with that. It's just, we've, this has been, we've been talking about it for so long that people are just like, oh my God, you finally finished it. Let me see. And so they're, they're watching the film with their eyeballs, Mm -hmm. but not with the brain, you know? And so, cause there's like a lot of like hints and clues that kind of answer those questions and people aren't really catching on. So, um, It'll be interesting to see at a film fest with people who don't know us, who mm-hmm. are not invested at all, uh, who don't give a shit about hurting our feelings, whether they get it or not. Yeah, gonna, yeah. They don't know where we are in the audience, yeah. right? Uh, which is what I like about that, mm-hmm. because sometimes the filmmakers aren't there. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of more likely to go, huh? And make that face. It looks like this. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it can be devastating, but sometimes that's if that's the case, then that's what you need to know. And that's the place that you're going to get that. Right. So right. we are now going to be in the, the process of submit, submit, submit to everything that's coming up. Yeah. We're going to edit, we're going to edit a trailer. We have some other, you know, now posters and all that stuff, you know, we got to, and by we, I mean me. Yeah. But that's easy. Not tra- that trailers are easy, but that's kind of like the fun part. Cause then you just get to play with the footage you've already worked on and toiled over. Mm-hmm. 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 And posters are kind of fun to do. And then you do like, you know, your regular poster and then your your thumbnail posters and then your square posters. They can be everywhere. Cool. Yeah. So that that's fun. Yeah. So that's what's been going on with that. Um, I think our two of our crew members are currently watching it now as we're mm-hmm. recording. So we'll see what they thought. Um, yeah. So we it in between all of this crap that's been going on, <laughs> um, I had. You, you know, some some health stuff that was happening. So we got kind of backed up on things, didn't get to watch as much as we wanted. Then we were trying to, this was crunch time to get this done by today. So we get to really do everything that we wanted to. But we got to watch uh, a couple but we, of things. Uh, also, we did go to Home Depot and buy some wood. So that was fun. <laughs> that was the the most riveting part of my day. It's probably the scariest part of your During day. During the time where it was snowing <laughs> and was just like coming down. We go down, we go out to, well, let's go to Home Depot and grab some building something because I, mm-hmm. you know, I have to fulfill that part of my duties around here. Your testosterone. Yeah. Um, but I like building things with my hands. It's it's fun. That, uh, as, opposed, as opposed to building with your feet? Well, yeah. I mean, that's trickier, but it's much more fulfilling. <laughs> um and we left and it was cold. And then we go get, grab a bite. We come out and it's like, There's like an inch and a half of snow on the blizzard ground. outside. We're like, what happened? How long were we in there? <laughs> so, yeah. So we um, we watched an interesting film that had been on my list for a while. And uh, shout out to Hulu for having it on there because it was one of those films that I saw the trailer for. I don't think it's on Netflix. I don't know. But mm. um I kind of just out of boredom started going through the movies available on Hulu. There were more than I thought there would be. And this was one. And I was so excited because I was like, yay, I wanted to see this. And it was a documentary called Hail Satan. Yes. And um, uh, Christians and, and, and Catholics and, and all in between and above and below and behind and in front of. Close your ears. Yeah. There's some blasphemy ahead. <laughs> no blaspheming. So the, this was, uh, again, it was a documentary. Uh, director was Penny Lane. Penny Lane, Penny Lane. Okay. So I thought it was fucking hilarious. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, I, I it was it was really interesting. And uh if you're not familiar with like the Church of Satan and Well no, all it's of that, the then... uh the temple Yes. What was but it? It's it was... a specific thing because it couldn't have been taken yet. Well, yeah. The Church of Satan was was founded oh, by yeah. Anton LaVey. Mm-hmm. And uh, this group is um, stationed, if you will, out of Salem, Massachusetts. When we had gone there a couple months back, it was in their off season. Mm. <laughs> Satan was taking off yeah. for the summer. Satan, Satan likes to take his summers off. And uh, so we didn't get to go to the museum that they have there. So I was hoping to to go back and be able to partake because there's some wickedly hilarious merch that I must have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's a really interesting film on like the just the the legality and the process. Right, because you know on the sur- and the adaptations of the different groups because right. it's worldwide. Because on the surface level, you're like, well, it's a documentary about the church of Satan or not the, the temple of Satan or whatever it's called. But then, you know, it really kind of uncovers a lot more than that in doing so, you know, the, it's the satanic temple, by satanic way. temple. Right. 
Because it's, you know, you think like, oh, they're going to worship Satan and kill people and, and, you know, whatever. And it's like not that at all. They actually. Well, for some, it started borderlining. Yeah. Yeah, Which was what was interesting because you take and this is what makes religion so interesting to me Mm. is that you take a general concept, but different people then take that concept Mm -hmm. and they smear their perspective all over it and have now changed that and adapted it to something else. And so that I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it, it, it it uncovers a lot of like society and, and, and our preconceived notions about things and, and, uh, you know, they actually were doing a lot of good, Mm -hmm. you know, they wanted to do a lot of good in the world and under the banner of Satan. And some people like just don't get that. And they're just like, well, they're evil. You know, it's, it's the same stuff from back in the day, you know, you're different and, and people want to cast you out. And, you know, I think this film really kind of like delves into that a lot. And, you know, cause you see a lot of the people have a very, they're not all the same, obviously, but a lot of them have a very similar kind of like outcast kind of yeah. station in life. Yeah, and it's generally a type of person, but not always. Not always, right. Some exactly. of the people you were like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't expect but it's, this person. They're so clean cut or. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a way, and, and I don't know, I applaud what they're doing because they're taking, they've obviously got a lot of recognition, mm-hmm. name recognition and stuff, and um, and they're doing good with it. You know, they're not out there trying to, like, sacrifice goats on the steps of churches or something. You know, right. they're, they're doing, like, after-school programs and helping homeless people. And They're and, using shock value that they cannot disengage from. Right. If No matter how, air quoting, normal... They tried to be the fact that they have the word satanic mm-hmm. in their group. People are going to go to the extreme. So mm-hmm. they just, they just ran with it, Yep. you know, and they're just t- at this point taking the piss half the time. <laughs> it's yeah. freaking hilarious. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the, the, the marble statues of the 10 commandments that are outside of courthouses and things like that, mostly like in the Bible belt of the country, yeah. um, were all placed there. Um, after by, by movie studio, by movie studio yeah. as, as a promotion, yeah, <laughs> which, which was insane yep. that people were getting, they were up in arms over these, these statues being taken down that had the 10 commandments on them. And they were only put up there as a, a Hollywood promotional like yeah. gimmick. You know? <laughs> it was like, they didn't even know that. Yeah. So it, people, it's man, people get really testy when you mess with their faith. You know, and and the the thing that I find um, hypocritical about that a lot of times, this doesn't go for everybody. Obviously, there's people out there. You, know, you believe in God, more power to you. I'm happy. I'm happy for you, honestly. But you know, it's the people that you see that are going to get upset about that sort of thing. But then you know they'll cheat on their wife or something. You know, and it's it's the people that are very hypocritical about it all. Or they're arrested for human trafficking. Yeah, just some <laughs> stuff like that. And it's like. I don't know that that well, sort that, of thing. I, just... I feel like that's how those people live with themselves. They justify the things that they do because right. they're God fearing, right. and they use God and religion as a as a, a cloak, if you will, mm-hmm. for their own behaviors. But the, the the what what I took from the film, which was interesting, was just it it was just the equality of it that I found so intriguing. They weren't saying you can't have your Ten Commandments up. That's fine. That's what you believe. But it's acknowledging that there are other, other religions. religions yeah. So it's th- this country is not just about the one religion. Right. So if if we are a religion, then we want to put our awesome satanic statue up, which was very nicely Baphomet, done, I must yeah. say. Uh, so they had a st- that, and that was, that was the well part made. of that I was like really intrigued by because they had um, that made this really intricate statue of Baphomet and um am I saying that right Baphomet Mm -hmm. something like that I think Baphomet sounds so much nicer but it's Baphomet yeah (laughs) it sounds French so they would go to these places and they'd be like look you have this religious symbol up there this is our religious symbol we'd like it up there to represent and they had every right in the world to ask that Mm -hmm. and a lot of places got forced to take theirs down because they would, in order to have theirs up there, they would have to, in in the spirit of equality, they would right. have had to put the other ones up there. Rather than than embrace a religion other than their own, right? They'd rather they'd rather take down something that they fought so hard for. Right. Which, let's not be mistaken, if that were anything else, would have been the same response. If you had sure. somebody try to yeah. put up a plaque 
of the Quran yeah. in the South. Yeah. <laughs> they would have lost their shit. Mm -hmm. And they would rather take theirs down than share that space because, you know, it's just the one it's just this this yeah. this one lane and um we've lost all our religious viewers <laughs> in this episode. Um, no, I mean, we. I, whether, I, I know we. Neither of us are very religious, and neither of us I'm have anything. I'm not religious at all. I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I'm agnostic slash atheist. I know that that's uh, yeah. not supposed to be, but it's kind of just where I hang out. Yeah. Um. But I. 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 Whatever you believe in, if you believe in it, and that makes you happy, then that's. Your belief shouldn't impede on anyone else, and that was the whole point right. of this documentary. But that was uh, right. That was the thing that really kind of struck me, and and how I don't know. It was just. Like nothing's changed, you know. I mean, this no. documentary wasn't that old, but it just it reminded me so much of like the '60s and '70s when all you had to do was hear like Satan or devil or whatever, and or look at somebody and think that I don't know, just like this very simple approach of black well, and whiting that, people, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But um, the one thing that I really liked and respected about this group is that. There, they had, I guess, like like subsections. Yeah. I guess, if you will, that around the country, obviously, this one group can't have worshippers from all around. They're in one place, and so it, it, it was kind of like a franchise, right? If you wanted to establish the satanic temple in your state, then you reached out to the, to, right. you know, to them, and then they, I guess you got permission. I don't know, mm -hmm. whatever. And so there was this one person that took it very far, and mm -hmm. she turned it into like almost like a, a circus. That was just the way she did it. But what I enjoyed was that she took it too far mm -hmm. in, in, on this one specific occasion and they kicked her out. Right. Which I think, you know, I, what she had said, I won't give it away if you want to watch it because I want to give the whole thing away, yeah. but you know, what she had said, yes, I don't think that she meant literally, mm -hmm. but I feel like when you have a religious group, you're responsible for what, you teach people. Right. Well, that and you can't take responsibility for what people do in their actions, right? You can you can have the best intentions. Look at what people do under the, you know, the the no, name yeah. and guise of religion, you know, and they Wars murder have been tons started, of, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, things get twisted all the time and I understand that, but you are responsible when you start to create this, you know, this this sort of hysterical anger and all mm -hmm. that and and they even though they knew she wasn't necessarily like a terrible person and right. doing that to incite, uh, you know, a, a war, they were like, look, we can't have you do that. Mm -hmm. And so you, they, they kicked her out. Right. Yeah. Cause that's the, that was the, they didn't hide was, her in that, other churches. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That was the, uh, that was the, the kind of, um, tightrope that they had to kind of balance, you know, because, they represented a lot of like individuality and, you know, not mainstream stuff. And mm. um, so, but as, as the group became bigger and, and progressed more, you had to have some sort of structure, you know, yeah. and, and they even, they touch on it in the film about how, you know, this, this thing they started. They have their own commandments. Yeah, yeah. They have their own commandments and, um, you know, they're building this structure based in something that, was structureless by design, mm -hmm. you know, which was the way they felt, the way they dressed or spoke or whatever. Um, and uh, that that's kind of like an interesting thing to balance. Yeah. And it, it some people just like that community. You know, yeah. I, I respect what they do. And uh, and I agreed with a, a whole way more of what they protest than any other religion, to be quite honest with you, any other mainstream religion, if you will. And but I don't have an interest in joining a church. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very kind of, I like solitude and, and I'm sort of like a recluse in my own way and I keep my group small. And so like meeting a group of people would just give me anxiety. Yeah. Um, and so I don't require that, but it's human nature to have that camaraderie and people like to feel like they belong to something. And so I feel like if that's what does it for you, that's great. But once your beliefs start to impede on other people's freedoms and yeah. rights, it's like, yeah, no. Yep. So um, I'm I'm excited to go to the Satanic Temple when they're open uh, at a time when we can go because this should be interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting. Whether you're whether especially if you I I I encourage you to watch it if you don't understand it. That's yeah. the best way to go into this. Yeah, because, because I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, by, people. Pe yeah, 
by by what they're doing. I was because I, I I and I never thought I I, never, I didn't hear the documentary. You just put it on and I watched it like most stuff we watch, <laughs> like every documentary. And I never assumed based on even the title that it was going to be some like crazy thing. I figured like okay, well this is you know gimmicky. Pro- yeah, I didn't think it was going to be gimmicky. I, I I figured it had something to do with, you know, I knew it had something to do with Satan and all this stuff, but I didn't think it was like devil worshipers that like, mm-hmm. you know, were evil people or whatever, yeah. because um, I don't know, try not to like cast dispersions on people that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew going in, I, I have known a couple people that were in the Church of Satan or in those types of groups. So the so Church I, of the Anton LaVey one, was that similar to this The Church thing? of Anton LaVey's, the Church of Satan Because they do was reference him, obviously. More, well, yeah, he's like the godfather of, you know, yeah. he started that, really, uh, of making it a mainstream religion and all that. Because the footage they had of him looked old, so yeah. I figured it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but his stuff, like the footage that they have of him, of him, and I think there's a there's a good deal of him also taking the piss at the time. You know, mm-hmm. when there's cameras, they're like, oh, we're going to put on a show. Um, but it was also during like the, you know, a very, just a very sexually, yeah. um, charged yeah time in history mm-hmm. so they kind of went with that yeah whereas they, i mean there were there were there was nudity and all that shit in this too depending on which group you were in what how they did their thing or whatever but this i feel is a just a much more realistic like grounded yeah kind of uh form of that but yeah the, anton was kind of the one that started hmm. the whole thing um and now it's uh lucian right so lucian graves which is like the coolest name, by the way. Yeah. And then even like one of the guys tried to like crack the code and was like, by the way, I know his birth name. And he was like, yeah, that's not my name either. <laughs> so yeah. He somehow managed to, uh, to elude the whole thing. Yeah, like his funny. identity was just so funny. So, yeah. So I, I recommend it. I thought it was really, really good. It's actually like it's a documentary that I would actually watch again. Yeah. You know, so we saw that. Um, highly recommend that. Highly recommend it. And I, uh, we, okay. So servant, Okay. we've been waiting to talk about servant because it's a weekly thing and we didn't want to get into it every single week. That's going to get tiring. So like, let's just wait till it's over and it's over. I have so many thoughts. It's it's definitely over. Okay. So I think I liked it probably a little bit more than you did. So there's that. Well, I don't appreciate you speaking for me, but that's fine. No. Uh, I feel like I did. I don't know. I, um, you know, we're, I'm a, I'm a, a night fan ish, you know, he just kind of keeps me intrigued with everything he does. Mm-hmm. I have to see it for whatever reason. And, um, this was kind of the same, like, I felt like it was, the episodes were short. Um, they were like half an hour each. And I think the longest one was like 45 minutes or an hour or something, but it felt a little long. Like there was a whole episodes you could have just gotten rid of. Um, cause mm-hmm. nothing paid off from them. So I wasn't sure like, um, if they're going to like pay it off later or if it's all, you know, because it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger spoiler alert. Um, yeah. and so I don't know, it's like, there's an awful lot of, it's like, there's just so many things that are like that happen and then we don't ever address them again. And it's like, what do, what do we, okay, do we, are we going to know? Okay. Cause things will happen. This person will say, this person will do something and you're like, holy crap, that's a big, it'll end the episode. You're yeah. like, that's a big deal. I can't wait to the next episode to see what happens with it and nothing. Yeah. It's like, you're really not going to ever just address that again. You're just going to, okay, we're doing this. Okay. You're all right. Yeah. I think that, um, one of my biggest gripes was the lack of character motivation or the bizarre character motivation, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know why they did half of the things that they did. And that was super frustrating. But off the jump, it for me was the way they had them. You know, these are these. It, it, first of all, it's if you don't know, this is um, something that M. Knight was attached to. He directed two of the episodes, but I believe the writer, uh, Bass Gallup, something Bass Gallup. Mm. I don't think that M. Knight wrote any of it. Or he's not credited for it, at least, I think. Right. And then there were other directors, because he only did two episodes, then Bascalop did two episodes, and or was it Bas? I don't know, somebody. And then there was like four other people that right. did one or two episodes. And so there's a bunch of people that collaborated on it. And I will say that despite 
whoever was, I always, I knew the two episodes that M. Night did without even looking it up because he has this kind of style yeah. that, that, um, you could definitely notice, but. It's always a big hint too, when you see him in the episode that he probably directed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what was, what was cool about it, I will say is that there was, there was a, it was cohesive despite yeah. the, the fact that you had different directors involved in it. it it looked like one person had done it and that's always great the, the visual the, language if you will the, yes thank you so much <laughs> um the cinematography was beautiful the grading was lovely the lighting all of that like co- like costume and mm-hmm. beautiful job which mm-hmm. was what initially well first of all i should say it's what always pulls me into m night stuff his stuff always looks cool and yeah. it always has this tone or mood that you're like that's gonna be awesome yeah and then and then like Charlie Brown in the football <laughs> every time. You're like, what the hell? It's like he gets so close lately. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, why did you go? So I don't know. It's like it's like when a meal looks beautiful, but tastes okay. Yeah. Not bad, but you're like, that could have, if you hadn't added all this extra stuff, this could have been better. It was, it was, it was overthought. Anyway, um, He's way more successful than we'll ever be. So <laughs> I'm sure he's like, okay, ever heard this? He'd be like, I'm crying. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. But it, it just as the viewer. But we'd love to have you on if you are listening. Dude, the thing is, I, <laughs> I, I watch. He's the only director that I allow to do this to me. Yeah. Anyone else, I'd be like, I'm not watching any. I, no, you've burned me too many th- and times. And you're done. You're done. But the reason is because he he's consistent with his style. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. And I like that. Um, and then every so often there's things that I think oh, I'm not going to like that. And I did. And it's usually stuff that other people didn't like mm. or the ones that I liked. Right. So that's why I keep going back because I'm like, he's going to get another one in there. I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I don't know how many I have to filter through, but back to the the point was that everything looked cool. Yes. There was this weird angle that he did in, in the first episode that made no sense to me and was actually quite distracting. It was definitely like an artsy fartsy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, where the, the characters or the actor rather is, is very close to the camera and speaking to the camera as if they're speaking to the other character. And it just was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily that only happened in that scene. So, but there was a persona and uh, a, a tone and a dialect to the way that, um, was it Lauren? Yeah. The way that her character spoke. We're on a first name basis with her. Yeah. Good old and Lauren. So not... Not her, because I liked her in Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. I can't say I've seen a whole lot of her stuff. I'm sure X-Files. I have, and I, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've seen like I've seen her in stuff, but I, I always think of her from Six Feet Under, like I yeah, always yeah. will. And so I, I think this was more of direction and writing, but they, the, the character was written in such a pretentious manner. She had this way of speaking that made me want to like put my head through a wall. Yeah. And every time she was on screen, I was waiting for her to get off the screen. <laughs> it's almost like she was in a play and everyone else was in a movie. Yes. <laughs> you know? That is exact. Yes. It's like she was in a, sh- like she was in a Shakespearean play yeah. and nobody else was in that play. <laughs> yeah. And she, it, it almost, the character almost had this, if you, if you're not familiar with the term, when you watch old movies, um, the way women talked, they had this air to them. And yeah. it's called a transatlantic accent mm-hmm. that they were actually taught yeah. how you were taught to speak. And her character reminded me of that and Martha Stewart, mm. who, although has wonderful recipes and ideas, is snooty enough that you want to kind of smack around. Yeah. You know? So sure. every time she spoke, I was like, my shoulders went up to my ears and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, stop doing that. And it because um, she's a, a, a news anchor. Yeah. I felt like all news anchors sound like that. That's part of the job. We know that they have right. to follow the anchor protocol where they sound right. really animated and stuff. But, but I know when they the yell, time. when they yell cut and they go home, they don't sound like that. Yeah. She never turned that off. It yeah. was like she was 24 seven news anchor, yeah. even in her house, talking to her husband in the most calm moments where she should be relaxed. <laughs> yeah. She was always on Tadden. And it just <laughs> was like, what are you making for dinner? Lovely. Oh, he'll be fine. First of all, they named their kid Jericho. Let's, uh, let's just talk about that for a second. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Whoever you are, I don't care how much money you have and how little work your child will actually have to do. I think with a adults. name like Jericho, you either A, have to be a wrestler or B. But that's not even his name. His name is Chris. Yeah. <laughs> his or B, Jericho. 
you have to, it's very, it, it seems to me, and I don't know for sure, but it's, it seems like a very religious name. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that's, t- it's that M. Night. Yeah. And, and I, he always I know, has religious yes. undertones and overtones to his but, stuff, but, but still. But they don't paint that couple as religious. No, but but they will tie in all the, you know how they are. And I get that, but like, I don't know, give me like an Isaiah, just Jericho. Yeah. I think of like Jericho Turnpike or something like, it makes me think of, I don't know. There's a show called Jericho too. It was just, uh, that name just drove me nuts. Um, So I, I, I had, I had those moments when she was on, I just didn't like the way they made her play that character. It just was weird mm-hmm. or the way they wrote. It was weird, weird. And then Toby Cabell, who I totally bought as a chef, but yeah. again, my biggest complaint is that everything went too far. So there was no, um, there, there was no in between. It, it seemed to be that their, their image, their relationship, their personalities were always at 10 and they never went like, you never saw Toby Cabell relaxed at any point yeah you never saw them as a couple relaxed they seem to not really like one another yeah and i don't know if that's uh does you know by design that they want this couple to feel strained because of the what they went through together but um i just didn't buy the chemistry no you know they're both great actors but i don't know i don't i don't think that it was an acting ability i think that it was in the way that it was written yeah they they didn't really offer any time to give the audience to relate to these characters. It was Mm -hmm. just, there was always this, there's constant tension. You can have too much. Yeah. I guess is my point that the tension starts to become lackluster when it's constantly in your, yeah. In your face, constantly on 12 and you never really get to kind of calm down from that. So, um, Rupert, who we all know in the Harry Potter movies, Grint was in it, um, playing like, like a douchey socialite almost yeah. kind of, and he did that. He did a really good job yeah, of that. It perfectly. But I don't know some of the, the motive, the, you know, it's like, I mean, I guess none of the, the all the characters ha- have this air of like, there's no redeeming quality about them. No, You know, I didn't like any one of those people, you know, like the brother Rupert plays the brother uh, of Lauren and uh, Lauren's character. And, um, Lauren's character. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Lauren. Good old Lauren. Classic Lauren. Um, and it's like, in like the first episode or something, they, when they hire the servant or mm-hmm. nanny or au pair, whatever she is, um, he's like, oh, is she hot? Like, you're going to ask your sister's husband if your nanny is hot? Didn't they re- refer to her as fuckable or something, something like, like that? that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Do so you like your sister? It, What's happening? It seemed like even when he was, his intentions were coming from the right place, mm-hmm. you couldn't get over the fact that he was... First of all, I'm pretty sure an alcoholic. Yeah. I, I think everyone on this show had yeah. a drinking problem because there was an actual wine, wine cellar, cellar. Yeah. <laughs> which made sense for Sean, mm-hmm. um, for Toby's character. But again, um, do these type of gastronomic chefs exist? Absolutely. But it felt like a stereotype that mm-hmm. just went too far. Yeah. And uh, the 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 cook in me had such issues with this kitchen, which I know this is nitpicky, but he cooked a lot and he cooked uh, just very, uh, very aggressively. Mm -hmm. So I just kept thinking there's no maid in this house to clean this kitchen up, which you would need. Yeah. And that salamander was way too close to the range because when they had a flare up, the whole thing was on fire practically. And there would be like oil splatter and everything was just so pristine. Mm -hmm. And he, he seemed to have this, um, and the reason why I mentioned it was because there were times that he would actually cook something and then just like make a mess and then walk away from it. And I'm thinking, who the hell's cleaning that? Yeah. Because yeah. the girl doesn't seem to. She takes care she of the baby. Takes care of the baby. So yeah. who is it? Like, is he just up at from 3 a.m. to 5 cleaning the kitchen and then the deliveries come in at 6 a.m. and he starts over again? I don't yeah. know. He'd be exhausted. <laughs> so yeah. I thought it was, I don't know. It It was just too much for me. Yeah. That plus you're dealing with like rich people, mm-hmm. you know, and so... For most of America, that in and of itself is unrelatable unless you do something interesting with it. Um, but, you know, you're just watching rich people deal with issues that anybody could deal with. But there's just this disconnect because of the fact that they can throw money at things, you know. Well, if they even if they had been rich but had more personality, it was just the the, the wealth coupled with this very no, stagnant like, it, personality was like interesting with uh, that, with that, you know, and um 
there's no reason that they needed to be rich. It didn't help the story, Mm-mm. you know? Um, and so I, I'm curious as to that, deci- why that decision was made other than to film in a, you know, pretty place. Beautiful brownstone in Philly. Yeah. yeah. I think they could have, I don't know, inherited the house or yeah. had money, but didn't have money to that extent. I don't know. It just seems kind of far-fetched. Yeah. And done for the sake of being done, like, just, oh, let's make them this way. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I, I've been in I've been in, in houses of people that were were quite wealthy, and the one thing they all had in common when they actually live in those houses is that the houses looked lived in, and this house looked staged. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like they lived in it. So there's Very clinical there's, and yeah, there's museum like part of of set design, and this is why the stuff is so important. Again, people don't think of things like that, and that's that's the the point is that. You're not supposed to think about it. If it's well done, then the audience doesn't even think about the fact that there's stuff thrown around yeah. or, you know, uh, not to say that they had to be slovenly, but it was like they lived in a museum. It was just too, it was like a clinical kind of, right. it was like they were living in an OR, you know, and right. it Which didn't, didn't really look... fit their personalities either because no. he was just like a, a crazy mess. <laughs> chef mess and she was kind of like... Um, well, she was uptight, so yeah. I can kind of see that. I guess that, that works, but it's not like you ever saw her clean either, no. so you don't know if she was the person who cleaned or he was or the au pair was. Or They're going to say there was a cleaning person that came in and during in between scenes that she did see that comes yeah. and cleans the house. But again, when you're... when you certainly could afford it. It's such an intimate script, then it just seems bizarre to not see those those moments kind of... and and. Like I said before, just the motivations were weird. The things that when weird things started happening and you start losing. If I lose as a chef, I lose the ability to taste. I'm going to see an ENT stat. Yeah. Like there's There's no no way I'm going to just let that go. Yeah. Oh, I guess I can't taste anything here. Can you taste this for me? That was basically (laughs) his resolve. Here, you taste this for me because I can't taste anymore. Um, probably on account of all these weird splinters that keep coming out of my body that I'm not going to address. address I'm yeah. not going to but see a dermatologist. Like <laughs> started happening and ramping up, and then all of a sudden, it never happened to him again. Right. You know, and it's like, um, okay, so that's I don't, you know, and and the reasoning for all that stuff, I, uh, you know, something I'm sure we'll find out in season two, but. You know, it's they kind of addressed it in the last episode with the uncle. Yeah, that it's almost like that's his penance yeah. for what he wants Jericho there, and so he has to lose these other things, like the ability to feel with the under with the stove with mm-hmm. the burning, and, and and okay, but I I hate giving stuff away. I absolutely hate that. But I felt in this case, you kind of needed to give us a little bit more. By the te- the last yeah. and tenth episode, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Right, <laughs> like, and that's what made it feel so long is because. You know, hey, you want to leave, you want to end your season on a cliffhanger. That's cool. I'm all about that. But I don't even have enough to, I mean, I'm going to watch season two, so I guess it worked. Of course. But, you know, of course we will. It's, <laughs> I feel like it could have been trimmed down a lot. Or or follow up on some of the leads that you're building on. Don't leave everything. Well, you know, also, Because the fun part of a movie like this or a show like this, whatever it is, is the buildup. So yeah. often... People are disappointed with waiting for the twist. Yeah, what the twist is, and everybody's waiting for what, what does this all mean, and blah, blah blah. And so you're building up this, you're building it up so that no matter what it actually is, it can never be as cool as what you've built up to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's it's a very dangerous thing. Also, at no point in the audience are you not um, suspicious of the servant. So I thought where they decided to go with the cliffhanger, I thought, well, the you know, like yeah. if the cliffhanger had been, oh, what's really going on with this servant? They addressed that way in the beginning. They set, they, they, they had, um, um, I can't even talk. <laughs> they, they had placed that doubt and that suspicion way, way early yeah. into the season. Well, that, that was, so I mean, it was in the trailers. Dealing, it yeah. was, you know, the whole thing is based on the servant. Who I don't this... think anybody watched this thinking, she's totally fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that girl. There's no yeah. way there's any weird backstory with her. We knew there was going to be a weird backstory with her. So I thought at the end, I wanted more of an explanation of these actual things that were happening yeah. to him. Because you don't really learn a lot about her. You know, if you sit down and think about the whole season, like what have we actually learned about this person? That's not a lot. Uh, and I get that because you want to like slowly mm-hmm. reveal this over time, but I think you also want to ensure that you have additional seasons. Yeah, there's that, but then you also 
by doing that, you're sacri- you, you have to then have something else for the viewer to attach to, mm-hmm. which would normally be the relationship, them dealing with the loss of this child or and whatever's happening. Um, and I just don't think that that was strong enough. Yeah. You know, but the, the, the servant aspect of it was interesting, which is what intrigued us both, I think, to watch it. But then the relationship stuff kind of didn't really work for us. And so that's why you have this really cool concept over here. But then your 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 main, I don't want to say like filler, but then the, the back plate of what you're building this story on is is a little bit something that we didn't jive with. <laughs> That did not jive with me. It didn't jive with us. Yeah, I, I could have, I don't know. I will, of course, watch season two. I didn't think it was terrible. I, there were things that I enjoyed about it and I liked yeah. about it and it caught my attention. But I just think that there were so many sort of strange pitfalls that would kind of come in at various times that mm-hmm. I almost borderline was like out. Mm. Sometimes I was like, I don't even know if I care anymore. But then the next episode, you'd be like, oh, oh, oh. Okay. Just enough happened for you to be like, yeah. Yeah, But, and then, you know, and then it's just constant ebb and flow of, Mm. of interest, I guess. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it as I do with everything that he makes. I don't know. I'm like the worst M night cheerleader that ever existed. (laughs) The worst, I'm the worst I don't understand the motive. What is happening here? You should see it. You should really see this. Did M night make something new? I'm going to watch that. Great. He let me down again. <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. In a weird twist, there is, an, there is a lawsuit, however, that is going on with this show. Um, a, uh, whatchamacallit, another filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, Francesca Gregorini, who is uh, apparently the stepdaughter of Ringo Starr. Right. She's a filmmaker and she's suing Apple and Bass Gallup and Shyamalan and, and whatever studios are attached to the show for plagiarizing her movie that she made some six or plus years ago, seven years ago. Ironically, well, I knew nothing well, about this. I read the article. What was the movie? Well, I'm going to get to that. All Jesus. Right. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat here. Good grief. So I was, I was reading the article. I didn't recognize her name. And when they mentioned the movie, I thought, well, this is hilarious because I've actually seen this movie and it's one that probably like most people haven't seen. It's called The Truth About Emmanuel. And it's, uh, or Emmanuel, I don't know. It depends how fancy you want to yeah. sound. Emmanuel. And it stars Jessica Biel and I forget the other actress's name. But so I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, the, you know, for a second I went, oh, oh. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why we, Why am I even reading this article? Because there's no connection for me that in that, aside from the fact that, yes, they use those freaky ass realistic, realistic yeah. baby born or whatever they're called that's, that, that, come straight out of nightmares. I don't know who the hell thought of that thing, but so yes, there is one of those in her movie and it kind of focuses on two female characters. That's all I got. What is the relationship between the two female characters? Uh, way more um, intimate and borderline oh. sexual than Okay, so than they're this. like a more a couple or something. No, not a couple. It's the the younger girl who would be the servant, I oh, guess. Okay. Uh, who would, you know, but she's not the servant, but the... <laughs> let's just say that would be her character was like this motherless character. Uh Um, And the Jessica Biel is like this messed up woman who has this baby born and, you know, treats it as it's real and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so did she have a baby and lose it or? Yeah, I believe so. You know, I saw that I saw this movie like, like five years ago and I wasn't invested. I really didn't Mm. like it very much. I'm not trying to be mean, but I I was like, I, I wasn't really into it. So I guess if you're if you're really like pulling at straws here, <laughs> I'm just gonna pull the thread mm. if I have to. Yes, they they both have characters that lost babies, and they both have this weird replacement baby, and then this younger girl comes into their life. Okay, but then she tried to claim that they they stole shots and camera angles, which you mm-hmm. can't. I mean, we don't own those types of things, yeah. really. I mean, there could be similarities and people have styles, yeah. but... Uh, <sighs> Sam Raimi doesn't own the Dutch shot. No. You know? No, but but you know what? When you see it, you think Sam Raimi, yeah. of course. But is it lawsuit worthy? I, I don't know. The, well, the, I real, mean, the real twist that's, that's hysterical was that in her argument where she's going, well, look at all these similarities. They, they plagiarized and they stole my idea and this and that. She then argued that... Everything about her story, which was, I think, supposed to be uh, a somewhat 
somewhat autobiographical in her family or something that mm-hmm. a woman had someone in her family had lost a child and this and that. She wanted this woman's perspective and it was supposed to be this really intimate thing. Her argument was that this show was too male driven because all the writers and most of the creators were men and that it wasn't written from a female's perspective and that they they mistreated the women in the show. Mm, yeah. And I thought, well, that kind of works against your argument yeah. then that the, so you're upset that they, they stole my script and then they changed it. Those <laughs> bastards. <laughs> They stole your idea, but they didn't steal it enough yeah. or they didn't steal it the right way. I don't know. Maybe the, the producers of Lars and the Real Girl will have a lawsuit as well. Yeah. They use the fake doll. Well, I mean, she's well, she's a sex doll. So yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see this lawsuit going very far. Mm-hmm. It just sure. I, I can see some vague similarities but at no point when i saw the trailer for servant i don't know some three months ago did i think i've seen this movie yeah. this is just like that jessica Biel this is just like that jessica Biel movie i never thought that yeah. for a second and i remember and, but i to do be remember fair, it's not that. like that movie was on the you know on your mind no but i re- no but i don't know how to explain it i watch i watch a lot of movies mm-hmm. and during that time i was watching a whole lot of movies and i remember watching this movie and thinking oh this seems interesting and then i saw it and i was like eh, i, yeah. I did it just really wasn't doing it for me and i and and i i saw i watched the whole thing i mean i i finished it but it didn't stick in my mind mm-hmm. and then when i had the actual reference that i went yes i know as soon as i heard the title i knew the movie mm-hmm. i didn't have to go what was that again that sounds familiar right. i knew what the movie was and then I tried to sit there and make a connection. And aside from, I said, like I said, two female characters and a weird devil doll. Uh, didn't, I don't I don't see how that's the same film mm. or concept, rather, because she made a movie and this is a show. But right. it, it's look, it, plagiarism sucks. So I, I certainly and that does happen. Yeah. And that's got to suck. But I, she had claimed that when the trailer came out, she had people both congratulating her, assuming she had sold the concept oh, yeah. of her of well, the, her film, and then people also going, "Oh my God, they stole your movie." Yeah, I don't. The weird thing is that she, you know, she's a working director, so you know, she's made movies with Jessica Biel. She's done episodes of television, quote unquote, television, you know, streaming services shows. So it's not yeah, like she's doing she's, this for attention. Is my point? No, you know? yeah, yeah. I think that. Um, I think my issue was that she didn't really stick to the point in her argument where she she then jumped on the feminist bandwagon. And it reminded me of like when politicians do this, they try to relate to the regular people to try to get them to vote for them. Mm. It's like stick to the point here. If the point is that you think that your story was plagiarized, don't talk about how they didn't treat the female characters properly. And it was written from a male's perspective. Both both can be true, but you have to like, just stick to your argument. It's irrelevant in this. You could say that, but it's irrelevant in the argument in the lawsuit, bringing that up and then trying to pull in, you know, on, on pull the the, the feminist card and then use Mm -hmm. that again. That's not because that happens so much mm -hmm. in, in, in Hollywood and in shows that you're taking away from those those times that it's really abused by mm-hmm. using this as an example that's completely irrelevant. Right. And of course, Bascalop and Shyamalan are saying that they never even saw her movie. She's claiming that that's impossible because she was supposed to work on something that Bascalop was attached to. And she finds it hard to believe that she would have been considered without them having seen her work. First well, of maybe all, maybe not all of her work. Yeah, that, exactly. But I think, I think, and this may work against her argument that this might, that film might be the biggest thing she's done or the most recognizable thing that mm. she's done. So she's using that film as an example. Right. Personally, if you were accusing me of plagiarizing your work, I'm not going to admit that I watched your film if I did. Mm. You know, I'm going to ride the five o'clock train to denial all yeah. the way into the train station. <laughs> like, You're we're float. going right in there. Yeah. You're going to so, float down Denial River. You got it. <laughs> so we can't prove if they've seen it. There's no way to prove that unless somebody has a cell phone video of Shyamalan sitting down watching the film and taking yeah. notes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, I don't, um, you know, it, it weakens the, her arguments, but in this case specifically, the, the feminist angle, as you, as you refer to it as kind of weakens that because it, it, it shows the differences, mm-hmm. you know, you can be all, you can have that argument with how this film treats women. And that's uh, an argument that every film and show should have, but I think in this specific case, it weakens the argument because it shows the differences in her film and the uh, 
Yeah. In this film. Yeah. This is what it sounds like to me, but I don't know. It wasn't there. We'll see how we'll see how it moves along. Yeah. If they if they have to act season two because of a lawsuit, mm-hmm. that would suck. <laughs> yeah, because I need to know. We don't know. What, we won't know. What but happens we'll at be that point. For, we'll be your your source for all things servant. Yeah. And servant sure. drama. Now we just have to hope that season two is not like in 2023. Yeah. Like everything takes else. Forever. Uh, I'm hoping that they've already record. you know, that they've already filmed some of these. They've and recorded it. They've recorded it. Video cameras. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been put on the phonograph. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope that they've already, that it's in the works and it's not going to take four years to get to the next season because I may not give a shit by then. Yeah. Move it along, people. We'll see. So we don't know what the hell's going on for next week. We're just all over the place. We're going to be doing uh, submitting to Film Fest now. So mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to be able to watch between. We'll be having the cast and now stuff and on then. at some yeah, point. Yeah, we want to have our, and... our cast on. But the winter months are difficult because nature goes like, oh, do you have plans? Snow. Yeah. So we're going to wait until that's potentially not an issue and then have everybody on so they could talk about it. Um I'm talking yeah, about how again. great we were to work with and, <laughs> you know, feed our egos a little. I want to, and, and I want to <laughs> throw yet another shout out to Emmett Cook uh, for scoring our film. It, everyone has really enjoyed the music and it just, it That's been it made a, one everything. of the consistent comments literally from everybody <laughs> was just like, they have good the Your music movie, so-so, score that was music, wonderful. <laughs> Thank goodness for that music. It saved your film. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take it because it, it really it, he really did just such an amazing job. If you're if you haven't checked out Emmett Cook's work, please do so. Uh, he he's a really awesome person and Hire. really talented. So um, yeah, and of course to to our our cast and crew and and to everybody that was that was in the film. You guys are awesome. Cat and Patriot and Kieran and Rocky and and Brandon, um, Brandon and Colin and everyone in between. Mm-hmm. All the all the uh, all of our backers and everything. Yep. So shout outs to everybody, Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comicast, and Perry, and mm. the, the the people that we know. All of the people. All fourteen of you, because we're antisocial. Yeah. So yeah, we're the most antisocial podcast <laughs> on the market today. Do you want to come on our show? Sure. Oh, <laughs> all right. So we'll see you next week when we talk about stuff. I don't know. Yeah, things and stuff. Things next and week. stuff. Stay tuned. Bye. Bye.